L-A-S. The LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. Join us for Choose Your Own Adventure Team Quest, a game where teams of adventurers navigate through a classic choose-your-path-to-adventure story with the goal of winning prizes from locally-owned businesses in the Cedar Rapids-Iowa City Corridor. Each episode is fun, new, and exciting. Listen to the story and then see if you would make the same decisions as our teams. Will our teams travel to the tops of the Himalayas as they search for the exclusive Yeti? Will they dive to the bottom of the ocean to search for the lost city of Atlantis? Or will they travel through space and time as they explore distant planets and discover new forms of life? Which team will be your favorite? Will they enter the glorious hallways of the Adventurers Hall of Fame by winning the season championship? Choose Your Own Adventure Team Quest is produced and distributed by the LAS Podcast Network right here in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more information, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. New episodes release every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. For bonus episodes of this show, ad-free versions of all LAS podcasts, and many other exclusive benefits, consider subscribing to LAS Plus for just $10 a month. To learn more and to get started, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com slash plus. So come and join us for an adventure. And always remember, the choice is yours. L-A-S. Hello! Hi! Oh my gosh. It's been so long for me, but not for you. It's only been a week. I'm so excited to be back with you all. Hi, I'm Alan, and this is my lovely cast of, of nerdy peeps. Hello, everyone. Uh, okay, well, you don't I, You guys Hi. really left me out to dry there. <laughs> no, you wanted me to speak. I was like, oh, Hello. here, everybody else can talk now. But then I was like all alone in that maybe half second of space that didn't probably seem too long for listeners. It was an but eternity. for me, it was an eternity. Mm-hmm. Hi, everybody. Suffer. Welcome back to Myths of Myria, a, a Dungeons and Dragons podcast yeah. uh, where we roll dice Woo. and goof off oh, yeah. and tell stories together. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so um, I think... Last time we had just finished up resting, we were in the center of some woods where we had kind of finished up just murdering someone. So that was a fun time. It was self-defense. Yeah, it was self-defense, definitely. Um, But uh, we finished that up. We went to a campsite. We had a couple of conversations. Mm -hmm. And now we're moving on. You all wake up in the middle of the clearing where you made your campsite, except for those who don't have to wake up. And... With that, you are all able to go about your day. You were heading towards Blackwater, I believe. Mm-hmm. So we'll keep on going from there. As you all wake up, does anybody have anything they would like to do as you start your day? Yes. Okay. Did I successfully meditate or not? Successfully meditate? Yes. On... Elf meditation. They sleep. Oh, yeah, yeah. Meditate? You, you got your long rest. Everybody got a long rest. Yeah. I'm asking, did I meditate? Correctly. Uh, oh, I understand. Uh, you kind of watched other, like you watched Val, and Val, like slept, and then you kind of were like, "Okay, I'll do that," and you slept. You tried. You didn't really like. You just like kept your eyes closed for a long time. But like, it was kind of meditation, so huh. it counts. All right. <laughs> she like wakes up and just opens her eyes, and she says, "Huh." Good morning. Who are you saying good morning to? The world. Ah. Uh-huh. That's very Disney princess. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> there are birds chirping in the distance as the sun crawls over the horizon. The The trees break through with these, like, god rays that kind of aim down towards your camp as the, uh, the horizon just starts blossoming with light. Nice. Is everybody else up? I feel like I would have been up before everyone. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, you would have. And just... Uh, demolishing the fire yep. or like any trace of us totally. being there yeah. and just covering that with dirt and that shoveling it over. Yeah. So. Okay, cool. Um, so you do that. Uh, everybody else, does anybody... Uh, oh, yeah, you had something very specific you wanted to do, right, her? 
Yes, I was kind of hoping everybody else would be awake for it, though. I, th- I think everybody is. Uh, Val, is what you, how are you waking? Very slowly. Okay. <laughs> Teenager just woke up. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> kind of rubs his eyes and then begins to play solitaire with himself. Okay. Which is, I guess, the only way to play solitaire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, okay. I love that. As I do my portents yeah. and my, uh, my spell prep for the day. Oh, yeah. Very nice. All right, let me see that second one. Oh, that's, that's pretty good. Those are pretty good ones. Four actually. and an 18. Yeah. Very nice. Okay. So what? What is that? What did he just do? Ah, uh, he's just playing solitaire. I'm just playing solitaire by myself. Okay, no yeah. explanation given. That's yeah. all. That's all. That's all. Mm-hmm. Uh, so as you start waking up, you start to see others doing small tasks, small preparation. Her, so they're all awake. Okay. Uh, I look back in my journal one more time. Yeah. Look for the very specific page. Yep. And she looks at it. She looks around. And starts digging into her bag, and she gets out her brass brazier mm-hmm. and charcoal, and I think incense. Incense. Yeah. And she puts it on the ground and stares at it. Yeah. He's like, <laughs> uh, <laughs> right, right. How do how, how do I? Gosh. And she opens her book back up again. Yeah. It, are the instructions like written in the journal? Yeah. Okay. I'm not sure, like, I, Morgan, am not sure how you would cast this. Sure. How do um, you cast So, right now, spell? probably in the in the example, it's probably, like, mixing the charcoal and the incense in the brazier and, and then lighting it on fire. Okay. And then meditating on that for a little while. Okay. She just looks around to either Val or Shadow, whoever is closest to her, and says, I'm going to do a thing, and I might be meditating. For a little while, so I just need you to make sure I don't get shot, okay? All right. I look around. <clears throat> make a perception check. Oh. Oh, no. Both of us? If you're looking around. I don't know if Val's oh, looking around. Val's not looking yeah. around. He's like... That's why I stared at... Like, at 17. <laughs> uh, okay, 17. You don't see anyone right now. You feel pretty safe. Looks like the coast is clear for now. You should probably be fine. Perfect. And she starts mixing the charcoal and incense together. Over the course of the next ten minutes, uh, this uh, burns in this in this brazier, and it gives off this almost kind of like purplish uh, fog or purplish smoke as it mm. burns. And as you start doing this spell, slowly some of the fog and the the smoke starts twisting and turning, and you almost see these shapes start to appear out of this smoke. Over the course of ten minutes, it coalesces a little bit more, and a little bit more, and a little bit more, until at the very end, you hear this dink, and then a... And there's a small, spectral finch sitting on the edge of the brazier. Uh, she opens up her book and, like, flips through some pages and just says, Oh, okay, okay, this one is... Ish- Abacus! Oh, my goodness... Your name is Abacus, right? I think that was a yes. It starts kind of hopping around. You see it look around, and it looks at you, and it cocks its head to the side in almost like a recognition. But then it looks around, and it, it hops along the bowl, and it seems as though it's, like, looking for something, and it just goes... I... The book said... You had a friend, Shango. Um, not here. I don't know who that is. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't. I don't know who that is. It says I need to. Oh, no, nope. He's real bird. Not here. She just pats it on the head. Just like it's a really small. What kind of bird is it? It's a finch. Yeah, I said it was a finch on the bull. Okay. Yeah. Uh, she just pats it on the head. So, yeah, you have this bird that is just kind of hopping around on the edge of the bowl, but uh, it looks kind of moderately dejected when you tell it that Ishango isn't here. Um, it moves over to your shoulder, though, fluttering just a quick up to your shoulder, and it sits there, and it kind of nestles underneath some of your hair. She just goes, <laughs> it's nice to meet you, too. And then it just kind of, like, holds onto your shoulder and just rests there for a while. She just pats it with a finger on her head. It seems content. Yeah. 
Good birdie. I'd walk yes. over to uh, Unit 867. Yeah. And make sure that he's up and operational. What do you say? <laughs> 867? Yes. Good. You're operational. No. What? I have found myself to not be fully functional. I find my diagnostics to not be up to par! <laughs> <laughs> Are you able to walk? Yes. Perfect. Yes. And then I would uh, motion for him to get up and start following me as I walk around to the rest of everyone. He gets up and he starts following you, but it's like uncomfortably close. Like he's like maybe like half a foot behind you, but he's so in lockstep with you that you never really notice until you make like a direct right degree, like a 90 degree right turn Mm -hmm. and you turn and he's like, and he bumps into your right shoulder. He says, I have miscalibrated. And he turns and he walks back like another foot. And he says, calibration complete. That will do. Thank you, 867. And I'd look to the rest of the group. Well, shall we? I've taken the steps to cover our tracks. At least what I can see. We should probably get going. Okay. Agreed. I need to turn my map into our supervisor. Correct. Supervisor. Sounds scary. You know who else is scarier? Abacus. And she holds Abacus out in her cupped hands and just says, this is my friend Abacus. It's a bird. She's staying with us and she puts it back on her shoulder. Mm. Hello, Interesting. Bird. It's it's odd. It's like almost like a translucent, like golden bird. It's very weird to look at because you can almost see her hands beneath the translucence of this this bird and you made this uh i cast the spell uh hold on and she opens up her book and flips through a couple of pages find friend familiar oh wait that's crossed off find familiar hmm it said i can summon a familiar named abacus apparently i can see through her and hear through her if I want. Can also dismiss her and summon her at will. But that sounds scary, so I'm not going to do that. This could prove to be very useful. Thank you. She's Valorous just really pretty. Gets up, dusts himself off, mm-hmm. picks up his pillow. Yes. Puts his new comfortable <laughs> pillow away. <laughs> and it's like, all right. All right. To Blackwater, I guess. And then I'd try to get my bearings on where... Okay. That is from you, here. You had been following the path earlier, so getting back on that path is not very hard. Sure. Um, for the next maybe two hours or so, you mm-hmm. all travel down this path towards Blackwater. After traveling for a little while, you're able to find yourselves coming upon the city of Blackwater. You've moved along the western coast of Antillanon across the ocean up until now. Uh, As you get to the city of Blackwater, it sprawls wide on this sunny day. You enter towards the coastline, where some green grass and muddy beach eventually turns into wooden patchwork docks. Some portions of the dockwork are obviously falling apart, but others seem to be in really good repair. You can see the city slope ever so slightly upwards as it moves inland, and the architecture seems to change drastically as it moves uphill. Closer to the docks, buildings are made with ruddy plaster, painted brown boards, and thatch or plank roofing, but each one is a little damp, as if still holding the moisture from the last rain. This changes with the gradient of the hill to more beige stone-hewn buildings with tall Romanesque carvings and pillars, roofed by red-fired clay tegula and imbrex tiles. Even more pronounced and eye-catching is the five-story tall Colosseum, resplendent with purple, red, and blue bannering, and archways covering its entire form. As you step further into the town, following the docks, you find yourselves in a semicircular market. A few stalls of wood and canvas covering the inside of the curved plaza, with buildings lining the outer circumference. Notable in these buildings are two. One is the River Room Casino, which, Valros, you are very familiar with, and the Levitican Embassy, which looks very similar to the other ones that you've seen in the past, Shadow. Gotcha. Okay. 
I can give descriptions of those if you would like. But you also see a lot of the stalls selling different things. Um, most of them is foodstuffs, you know, breads, baked goods, meats. But holy crap, are there a lot of fish stalls here? There's like a <laughs> lot of them. Like maybe like 80% of the stalls here are like just people selling fish, huh. which I mean, it makes sense, right? Because it's docks, but at the same time, like, Wow, that's a lot of fish. A lot of fish. <laughs> yeah. But there are two stalls, however, that stand out um, overall. One of them is a place called Zatanna's Swift Homes. And it is a bookcellery and a book bindery. And there is a large canvas over top of it that covers many bookshelves and a woman who stands there with jet black hair, black lipstick, and this incredibly large set of uh, glasses, <laughs> uh, of these circular glasses that sit on her face. That's amazing. And also, you see another uh, stall named Armaments. And standing in front of it is this long, blue-haired... Elven man, bow strung across his back, which I would like Valros to make a history check on. Oh, no. Oh, no. Uh-oh. Uh, that is a whopping, you said history? Yeah. Oh, good. That is a whopping eight. Eight? Okay. Um, it feels familiar. It feels kind of familiar to you. Um, you can all see as you walk in, that he is at this stall and he is bundling up something that he is purchasing there uh, at, at Armaments. And it looks as though uh, he is purchasing some arrows. Is the blue hair similar to the blue hair that we encountered before? So this one's a little different. Um, I okay. will, I'll will i give you a quick description of, of what he looks like. Sure. Um, I didn't know if it was like... Uh, like a culty thing. Yeah, no. People that it's, were after us. It's, so it looks like him. it looks like some some blue hair, but actually, upon further inspection, there's almost like some frost building up in this hair. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. That's sweet. It's it it's really sunny, but there's huh. frost building up in this man's hair. Um, he's kind of gathering this stuff up, and as he turns around, I'm gonna roll a perception check for him. And you may all roll perception checks as well. Oh, dear. Uh, Nat 20. Nat 20, nice. Seven. Very good. Uh, It's not so nice, actually. (laughs) Uh, In fact, that's not good. Uh, No, not at all. 15. 15, okay. Um, So uh, I would say uh, you, um, her, you're able to see, you know, he's got some interesting arrows there, but you're not really familiar with arrows, so you're not really able to kind of discern you know, a lot about them. However, Shadow, sorry, not Shadow, Valros, <laughs> uh, you are able to see that there are a couple arrows here that are pretty different from the other ones. You you see that there's a Triton manning this stand, right? And as he is purchasing these arrows, you're able to see that many of them look like they're almost like made of like almost this coral material. Mm-hmm. Um, and for anybody who doesn't know, a Triton's kind of like a, a, a merfolk, right? Like almost like a, a mer person, but like without the the mermaid tail, just without, you know, it's just legs, though. They're like creature from the lagoon. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So they've got fins and things like that um, and kind of like scaly, uh, scaly skin. This this man has blue scales. Oh, so like shape of water. Yeah. That's a great, that's a great example. Hot. Okay. Yes, exactly. Hot, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, yeah. You said it Sorry. already. Oh, my gosh. Oh, you no. Did I accidentally create my first hot, scaly uh, <laughs> person in this, in this episode? No. Maybe. God, no. Maybe. I like that you say my first because oh, no. there will be more. Oh, no. <laughs> I did not I did not know that this was going to be a, a running joke, but okay. All right. <laughs> uh, we will move forward then. Um, and you see, um, you can make a quick, what is this? A... Val, go ahead and make me a a history check. All right. That is an 11. 11. So, or the, 12. There are some very distinct arrows here, but you don't know too much about arrow design to where you might know which arrow is which or like what like what individual arrows might do. Mm-hmm. Um but with your perception check, you definitely see him kind of flick his hair back. He has the top of it kind of pulled back into a ponytail, but the the rest of it hangs down normally. Um, but he 
kind of flicks his hair back, and as he does, he turns his head to the right, and you're able to see a crescent moon tattoo on his forehead. Yeah. <sighs> Ryan! H- hello. He turns around, and immediately upon seeing you, he immediately looks like he's beaming. He sees you specifically, and he's like, Valros, it's so good to see you again. Um, uh, for, for anybody's reference, um, Orion Frosttether has almost pale snow-white skin, shining an ever-light shade of blue. The top half of his long blue hair is bound together in a tie at the back of his head into a ponytail, and the rest of it hangs free. Um, but it almost looks like there's, again, that frost building up on it. He has tired, pale green eyes that betray his mischievous smile. Upon his forehead, he has a tattoo of a crescent moon with a muted shade of blue. He wears a deeply cut leather vest with a single arm sleeved in white cloth up to his wrist, which connects over his palm with a silver ring on his middle finger. A muted brown hood made of light material hangs off his back, unintentionally jockeying for space in contest with the finely carved bow and quiver that is harnessed there as well. He looks back to you, Val, and he's just smiling, beaming. He puts away these arrows. Uh... Well, the map you gave me was, um, I don't want to say a dud, um, because we found, uh, or I found this wonderful lady here, <laughs> but Hi. it, uh, definitely didn't have the, the money I was kind of hoping for. Well, I, I didn't tell you it was going to have money. Valid. I, I said it was going to have treasure, not necessarily money. Ah. I'll leave you at this then. And then I'll grab 867 and then I'll head towards the embassy. Well, wait, no, shut up, please don't go. Um, okay, I'll just. You start moving. One oh. of those uh, treasure was the friends we found along the way. Things. Right, right. All right. Um, question. Uh, <laughs> this is. There was a man on our way back who um, attacked us? Yes. Oh, you, you sent that? Yes, of course. Uh, he Why? wanted to kill me. Why would you do this? Why would you do that? No, I, I'm. I, that was very, very um, intentional. Actually, I sent Boutelier after you. Um, let's say he had a couple debts to pay to the Vero, and um, one of them was seeing if you were up to the test. He's dead now. I don't know if that matters. No, it really doesn't matter, actually. Um, in fact, he was stealing from the treasury, and um, he had one opportunity to see if, uh, you know, he could prove himself back. And either way, I got something good out of it. If you had bested him, then my hunch about you was true, which is, um, as I can see right now, um, very true. And... Uh, if he won, then he would have earned his place back. That's fine. Did you say the the Vero? The Vero, yes. Do I know anything about the Vero? Uh, you can, yeah, you can uh, go ahead and roll me a history check. Nat 20! Wow, nice, nice, nice. So what is that in total? Uh, 21. 21. Uh, yeah, you have heard about the Vero, actually. Last time you were uh, around in uh, Ebonvale, you were able to kind of discern that there was a small group uh, called the Vero that was actually trying to, um, like, get some property in the old tiefling quarter of, of Ebonvale. In Ebonvale, there's these different quarters, and uh, they're owned by these different families. And uh, the tiefling... Uh, families had a lot of the the houses in one of the quarters of the city, and once the tieflings started leaving, there were groups that were trying to buy up these plots of land, and the Vero were one of them. And specifically, um, Orion has told you now he's part of it. So you work for the Vero? I do, yes. Do you know who I am? Yes. Have you known the whole time? Yes, very clearly. Shit. Um, I'm so confused what's happening. Uh, my uh, father owns or owned a bit of land. Uh, I, I will say, I'm actually very, very happy that we've been able to kind of forge this bond between us. Because I was, I was, I had a hunch. Ever since I've known about your father and you's um, journey to the, the River Room Casino here um, I've heard so much about you being one of the most lucky people 
anyone's ever seen. And I was wondering if that was true. And looking upon the things, the spoils you found in that place, look! Incredible. I can't, I can't believe it. I was right. And I'm so excited. I have another job for you. And I'm excited because this one has a lot more money. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's what I was waiting on. Yes. Good, yes. Dude, her has been grabbing onto your arm ever since Shadow left. And she's just like trying to inch her way behind you. She looks incredibly awkward. Oh, um, <laughs> her? This is Orion. Orion, this is her. Sorry, her? Hi. No. What, hi? No. no. Her. Her. Hi. Hi. No. What's your name? No. <laughs> um, names, right. What's when, your name? Name is her. her. Your name is her? Yes. Your name is a pronoun. Is there a problem with that? No. I just, I, I've never seen it before. Well, that's me. Oh, um, oh, all right. Well, then. Yeah, she did not know what her name was, and we're trying wait, to... Wait, okay, wait, hold on. She, she doesn't know her name. No, my name is her. Oh, is it her? Yes. Oh, I thought it, it, is, it is now. I've it decided. Now. Oh. Well, all right, then. It is her. Maybe some context would be a little bit um, useful in me understanding what's going on here. Do we have to tell him everything? Uh, I, I mean, he might be able to help. He seems to know a little bit more than we do. There's just so many people out here. I don't... This um, is weird. Is there maybe a more private area we could go to? I don't really have anywhere in um, in Blackwater that I've been able to um, kind of uh, take for my own, um, mostly focused on the properties in Ebonvale. But um, if you'd like, we can take a little walk um, down by the docks where there's less people. Does that sound good? Uh, yes, you have to tell me more about these docks. Uh, do you remember when we came into town, there was the... Uh the wooden planks on the water. Oh, where all the boats were. Those are the docks. Ah, I got you. Uh, all right. Um, yes, let's go. Okay. Uh, and you, you walk for a little while back down towards the dock structure. Mm-hmm. Um, it kind of hangs off the side of the, the, um, the land mass a little bit as it goes further down. But it's kind of later in the day, and so most of the shipping vessels have kind of calmed down. There's less movement on the docks, and there's less people there. Okay. Um, and at the bare minimum, they're moving so quickly that they don't ever really have any space to hang around you mm-hmm. as you're as you're there. Huh. Um, so you are able to talk with him, and he starts to slowly walk away from the center of town towards the outside of Blackwater. Um, and as you even go further and further from the center of town, there is more and more privacy. Perfect. So as you go, uh, he starts to say to you, "All right. So recently, I've been in a competition." One in the Colosseum. And they're having a tournament for their 250th anniversary of this city. And the final prize is a sack of gold and one wish that can be granted by the Imperator of the city of Blackwater within reason of his power. Now, I want that. I want his holdings. I've discovered that in Ebonvale, he actually has already bought up some of the plots of land in the Tiefling Quarter. I am going to use the wish to get the deeds of those from him. My proposition is you come with me to the Colosseum because the last round, it is required for you to have a team of four to face off. One, two, three, and your other friend seem to make four. So, if we do that, I'll give you the gold, and I'll let you keep one of the houses in Ebonvale for bragging rights. I'll keep the deed, I keep the deed, but you live there, rent-free, like it's completely yours. I, I do like where this is going um the wish that you had discussed um when you say a wish yes. do you mean a a simple request or like a wish like like it's like you propose it like a wish and then the imperator will try his best Got to it. give you what you ask okay. for um yes uh if if that is the case then wait 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 we have to fight people um 
It is a fight. Just one bout? Yes. Okay. With, with Only against Brayor, and he's a right n- bastard. So. Not to the death, I assume. It's a, it's a tournament after all. It depends. On what? On the agreement you have and how much of an asshole you're trying to be and how much the asshole across from you is trying to be. Um, oh. How much of an asshole are you trying to be? I'm trying not to be an asshole. I okay. don't. I don't really care about what we do. Okay. But now, Brayor, um, he's maybe not the nicest Leonin around. Um, okay. Uh, but um, you know, there's a couple things about him that maybe we could um, Leonin. take advantage of. Leonin is that like a lion person? It's a lion man. Okay. Yes. Yes. Okay. Um. I mean, it sounds very good to me. Um, is it something that interests you at all? I really didn't like being shot. That's fair. That arrow really hurt. Like, but just imagine, you need an, uh, money, right? You, you can, you, you can do so, so much with money. I've been told you can do a lot with money, yes. There's a lot of money, money in is this. Good. Money There's is a lot good. of money to win this. Is Shadow going? Um... I don't know. I plan to ask him. I actually was kind of confused. He seemed to have split very quickly. Uh, yeah, he he needed to get to the Levitican embassy. Is he a... He's, he's, a, he's a peacekeeper, right? I, I think he's a little different from most peacekeepers I've seen. He's really cool. He's cool. Yeah. He, he, he punched good. Really? Uh, he punched very good. Is he very part, well. Is he part of the Levitican army? I could not tell you. I've not had very many good experiences with Levitica. But, so, but he gives really good shoulder rides. He gives... Oh, well, okay. Now that I've, I'm convinced. I'm convinced at this point. <laughs> so uh, I would say perhaps go back and convince your friend Shadow. And once you do, come back to me. I will meet you in front of the Colosseum in, what, say, three hours. Does that right. sound good? Yeah, sounds good to me. All right. Um, I'll be going on my way then, and I'll see you there. All right. Okay. And he kind of turns to the side. Um, he pulls out one of the arrows, and he starts inspecting it as he walks off into one of the side alleys. Why are we working with somebody who sent somebody to kill you? Um, and he shot me, and it really hurt. Well, he didn't shoot you. The, the person he sent shot you. Yeah, but he sent the guy. Yeah. That is... And now we're friends. Um, we were always friends, which is why. Then why did he send somebody to yeah, kill you? Yeah, that that does seem odd. Yeah. <laughs> um. But money <laughs> is it really worth that much? Uh, he didn't say how much money was in the gold bag. He said big sack of gold. Yeah, that could. But, like, I mean, you could put 50 gold in the bag and that could be, like, a But sack of he gold. was trying to kill you. <sighs> and you're just like, oh, because you didn't take a shot from that guy. But I did, and it hurt. I, I, um, I do apologize for you taking the shot, but you're okay now, right? I gave you the potion. I mean, physically, yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> but not emotionally <sighs> or mentally? It's all I think about. Oh, that's... Yeah, that's not good. No. Um, what the hell, dude? What if <laughs> we do the fight and you don't get hit by an arrow? You can stand in front of me then, right? Yes. You're going to stand in front of me during <laughs> the fight. you want to stand behind me, I will not move. You won't move? No. I will not move. What does Malros's sure? face look like right Just now? this blank, <laughs> giant eye. Like, wait a minute, I might have to move. <laughs> Though it would probably be better if you just stay behind Shadow. He's much bigger and yeah, tougher. And but you haven't been hurt yet, and maybe you need to know how it feels. Oh, I I know how it feels. <laughs> it does not feel good. Okay, well, okay. as long as we're on the same page about how much fighting kind of sucks. I mean, money sounds nice. Money sounds nice. <laughs> but, oh, it's fine. Yeah, we, and like you said, we don't have to kill anyone, necessarily. But if they kill you, that's on you. Fair. And if they kill me, that's on you. I, I tell you what, if they kill me, I will not be mad about it. Yeah, because you'll be dead. Correct, 100% right, Great, yes. I'm glad we're on the same page. Okay. <laughs> uh, to Shadow? I was actually kind of hoping I could get some shoes. 
shoes would help, yes. especially in the arena. Come on, let's yes. go. On me. Myths of Myria, a live play D&D podcast is brought to you by... Welcome to the Fifth Realm Haunt presents Five Minute Sessions. This is a non-canon miniseries where we will have four five-minute sessions spanning over the next four episodes, building up to the scariest day of the year, Halloween. Prepare for a terrifying level of immersion once you enter the Fifth Realm, a dreadful dimension beyond the paranormal. This heart-pounding theatrical experience will feel so real, your mind will not be able to fully comprehend the horror of the tortured souls you are forced to interact with. If you think you can handle the intense atmosphere as you dive deep within the dark supernatural world, the Fifth Realm is open now at Lindale Mall in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. Just hope you'll be able to escape or be trapped within the horrid confines of the Twisted Realm forever. So go check out the Fifth Realm Haunt now. All of their info is in the bio of this episode, but you can also find out more at enterthefifthrealm.com. Also, we got our first sponsor! Yay! Thank you so much to Fifth Realm Haunt, located inside Lindell Mall, right next to the First Avenue entrance, open every Friday and Saturday from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., and select Thursdays and Sundays from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., starting right now and going through Halloween. Also, we're going to be giving away a family four-pack of tickets for you and three friends to go check out the Fifth Realm Haunt for yourselves. All you have to do is go to laspodcastnetwork.com slash win to enter. Let's dive in. We find our adventurers sleeping in a tent they've built in the woods between Blackwater and Ebonvale. After a long battle the night before with a group of werewolves, the group has finally decided to take rest and recover for the long journey the next day brings. After having drifted off to sleep, her hears a rustling that wakes her up. She sits up and sees Val sleeping soundly, but Shadow and 867 are nowhere to be seen. Uh, I walk up to Val and I just sort of start poking his face. <laughs> hey. Hey. Mm. Where's Shadow and 867? Hey. Uh, Shadow, I, I don't know. They're probably oiling their bits or something. Let me sleep. I violently shake Val by the shoulders <laughs> and I'm just like, Val, I think there's something actually wrong. You hear a rustling in the bushes behind you. Uh, I whip around and my hands start glowing. Yeah, I, I draw cards. Okay. Hello. Hello. Um, I'll, I guess I'll reach out and uh, yeah. try to part the bushes, see what's behind them. Uh, you see a trail of Shadow's footprints leading up a muddy path that goes up the steep side of a huge hill. Uh, I run over to you and I like grab onto your shoulder <laughs> and I'm just like, I don't like this. We should probably follow these giant footprints, Shadow 867, yeah? Um, I, I just start walking up the path. Uh, I will take a uh, one of my cards, I'll slip it into my headband, yeah. and I will cast Light. Very nice. Very nice. Um, oh. I, uh, yeah, I, I will hold on to her, and uh, I guess we will continue with the path. Sounds good. You walk up the muddy path, slipping here and there, and around where the path curves, you see what looks like a home that's been abandoned for years. Vines have grown all over the sides and fences, and the side paneling is falling off. It's grotesque and large. And yet, this still seems to be where Shadow and A67's footprints lead to. Her, can you make me a perception check? Oh, no. Sure. <laughs> uh, f- 17. You see a sign above the door that's covered in dirt, but you notice if you simply brushed it off, you could easily read what's underneath. I, 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 I'm picking up what you're putting down. I'll wipe away the <laughs> dirt on the sign and read it. <laughs> All right. As you brush the dirt off the sign, a gust of wind picks up blowing the rest of the dirt off the sign. You hear the wind howl as you read, Cedar Hills Sanatorium. (laughs) As you finish reading it, as you finish reading it, the door cracks open, revealing a bright orange light inside. Oh, I I poke my little head in the door. (laughs) As you look in, you see a large oval portal glowing at the end of the hallway entrance. And 
entering the portal is Shadow and 867. My boy! (laughs) 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 If you'd like to find out what happens next time, tune in to next week's episode of The Fifth Realm Haunt presents Five Minute Sessions! And honestly, to enjoy the story even more, you should go check out what this entire story is based on. Venture into the Fifth Realm Haunt, open every Friday and Saturday from 7 p.m. to 11 p.m., and select Thursdays and Sundays from 7 p.m. to 10 p.m., starting right now and going through Halloween. They're located inside Lindell Mall, just inside the First Avenue entrance. For more, visit their website at enterthefifthrealm.com. Fifth is spelled number five, T-H. Now back to Miriam. So, you all head back to the market. And with that, we're going to go and jump over to... Shadow. <clears throat> now, Shadow, you come upon a gray stone building. This is the embassy, stark across the more beige, brown, and blue aesthetic that the, litters the city around it. It stretches almost 30 feet high, and it's shaped um, with detailed recesses and pillars. Some of the pillars seem more classic in design, but they meld with the sharp edges and almost mathematically accurate measurements that are mirrored across the sides of the building. Red banners with the Levitican L symbol on them hang in front of the building, denoting this as the Levitican embassy. As you enter the building, its walls have an unsettlingly similar aesthetic almost like they were copy-pasted from the outside. Internally, this building has one central large foyer where um, doors lead to only what you can presume to be more rooms are on the left and right. Mm -hmm. In front of you, there's a large wooden counter that bisects the room with a passageway in the middle to move through, guarded by a singular human woman clad in red hood and breastplate of polished silver metal. She has dark brown hair braided into a coil around her neck, and the floors are neatly placed stone tiles embossed with a dark wood inlay. In the center of this room, you see a large mirror, roughly 15 feet wide and 15 feet tall, hanging over a pit in the ground at a 45-degree angle. And reflected in it is a large, ruined circle, separated into eight equal slices, with a light purple sheen covering it. Hmm. As you walk in, the woman, seated at the counter that guards the farther half of the room, seems to be kind of writing in a ledger placed upon the wooden countertop. Sheathed at her belt is a large sword with intricate notchwork on one side of its double-edged blade. As you enter, she stands at attention and holds her sword down by her hips non-threateningly, brandishing its design. And as she does so, she says, Ah, well, um, good to see someone new. Hi. Hello. I'm here to see the field marshal. Is he here? Sorry, um, field marshal. Uh, there's a lot of field marshals. Yes. Um, the old man. That, wait. Sorry, that old man? Yes. Do you have your coin? And then I'd approach uh, the counter and then reach into my pouch and then open palm, present the coin. And then okay. tuck it back away. This coin for the listeners is a kind of embossed, almost like um, like flying vulture that is kind of sticking out of the top of this coin. And as you show this coin, her face visibly changes. And she just kind of wide eyes. As she walks backwards back from the desk, she kind of sheathes her sword. She walks over to this panel next to the hanging mirror and she punches something into this panel. And as that happens, you see there is some sort of like magical um, effect that kind of washes over this circle that's reflected in the mirror. Mm -hmm. This purple sheen removes itself from it. And you hear this as the eight slices press themselves together and form a full teleportation circle. And at the same time, steps form in the stone down into the pit and at the same moment she touches her hand to her left temple and she just says um Field Marshal Vintner um I have uh I have one of your agents here in in Blackwater it's necessary for you to come and then 
she just kind of like is staring at the ground. And then in this moment, she's her eyes kind of just go wide and she just unsheaths her sword insanely quickly and goes over to the side of the pit. And at the very edge of it, there is this almost kind of insert that she sticks the sword into and the notches in the side of her blade stick in like key notches. And she unlocks this portal. And as it does so, the the teleportation circle lights up. And with it, an aged human man with long, slicked-back white hair and a strikingly set, a striking set of blue eyes emerges from the teleportation circle. He wears an almost luminescent blue coat with a white collar hanging off of his shoulders like a cloak. In the center of his chest lays a large blue gem, which is fastened into his brass and copper armor. And he carries a holster on his left hip where he holds some sort of firearm with an intricately woven black leather grip. For the most part, he appears human, save for the arcano-mechanical golden and brass arms he brandishes, obviously there to replace other limbs that have long since failed him. A perpetual scowl mars this man's face, and as he steps up out of the circle, he addresses you. And he says, Lieutenant, follow me. Yes, Field Marshal. I'd salute with my right hand. And he salutes with his left. As is custom for the Levitican army officials, the higher-ranking official salutes with an L that can be read by them. And he looks behind you and he says, Is that the unit with the completed map? Correct. Very well. And he turns, just like immediately, on a dime, rightwards and heads towards one of the doors on the side of this room. You see the woman who was standing there with her sword just kind of pull it out and just very like shyly slink back to her post. As I'm passing her, I just nod and quietly say, thank you. You walk into the door and as you do, you step beyond into a pretty modest meeting room. Same aesthetic though. The same tiling, the same walls. Um, although this one has a window towards one side. And as you walk in, Field Marshal Vintner has already walked over to the side of that window and immediately closed these metal shutters on it to block out all light or sight from the outside. Mm -hmm. He turns around and he says, close the door. I turn around and then just... Not slam it, but just close it gently. Nice. Um, Unit 867 steps in, and he says, Unit 867, reporting. And Vintner just says, Gwathrin, give me a report on Unit 867. Upon going out to the field where you commanded me to, near Blackwater, there were a couple units like this one but they were indisposed. It was the only unit that was functional at the time. I had him come along with me to try and complete the map of Western Antillanon. Um, I do not know necessarily what was making him not be able to do that. But I was met at this crossroads by another one um, a wizard of sorts and we came upon a a building on, overseeing the coastline before you advance are you telling me there was some sort of barrier that was impassable by these peacekeepers yes we had to I had to help this unit through that barrier. How did you manage to pass through? Me, or help him through? You and him. I was able to pass through virtually uh, without harm. But him, on the other hand, I had to pull him through. He was not able to walk through of his own will. You may proceed. 
upon seeing this building, this wizard, 867 and I, entered and found what looked to be a tomb or a memoriam. And we found a being that was in it, that resided within it. We released it, and then we made our way back here. We met some resistance, but we disposed of that one effectively. No witnesses to your presence being there? Other than 867, the wizard, and the being that we pulled from that building, no. Give me a detailed explanation of this being. She is, I believe, Elvin. She's shorter than I. She's very confused and unaware of what is going on. It's like she's woken up for the first time in many years. Like she's a fully formed being? Yes. But that she hasn't ever experienced the world, but she has fully formed thoughts. Yes. She can cast spells. He pulls something off his hip, and he kind of flips through a, a, like a notebook, almost like a chapbook kind of style notebook that he has, and he looks through it, and he kind of points at something, and he moves his finger down. He turns to Unit 867, he says, Unit 867, Worldwalker, present your map. And Unit 867 pulls out the map, and he holds onto it with both hands, handing it out towards Vintner. Vintner comes forward, and he grabs the map, and he starts tugging on it. But Unit 867 doesn't let go. And Unit 867 says, I have been badly damaged, and I do not understand why I cannot let go of this map. I, I reach over, and I, with my understanding of how peacekeepers uh, work, can I help try and release that by putting my fingers in his, like, forearm. Yeah. So as you do, you kind of, like, hit these almost, like, hydraulic, like, switches. And Vintner looks down and he says, This unit is damaged. I will need to take it for repair. Hmm. He has been of great assistance. I can take him, if need be, and repair him with my knowledge. You think you have the ability to repair this unit? I have the abilities to repair myself, and I feel like they could transfer over to something a little less complicated. All things considered, Field Marshal. Make me a persuasion check. My boy! Don't you lose my boy! Don't massacre my boy. That's a seven. A seven. He just looks down at you and he says... You have the ability to repair yourself on a very basic level. But do not confuse your ability to repair this new body for you with the ability of Levitican artificers. You are not as skilled as them. Understood. He turns back to you again and he says, upon finally taking this map out of 867's hand, I have more questions about these companions you found. And he stretches out this map on the table. He looks over it, and he just kind of scoffs as he looks at it. He says, Adequate enough. And he rolls it back up, almost like uncaringly, and he like gets creases in the paper where it looks like Unit 867 was trying really hard to keep it like pristinely rolled. And Unit 867 just looks down, he just goes, uh, and Vintner looks back and he just says, this unit is devoid of any decorum. He is damaged, sir. Yes. He, um, he looks back towards you and he says, I have suspicions that these people you are traveling with 
If they have the magical ability to get you beyond barriers and to form fully created thoughts while being only in this world for mere days, I believe they could possibly be what we have now deemed Evians. And what are those, sir? They're creatures of broken souls in the in the weave that has been shunted into another body capable of carrying those souls, forming a new consciousness. I believe both of them to be one. And how did they come to be? It is unclear. Our current understanding of Avians is very, very small. And what I'd like you to do is watch over them. I... I want you to pose as their friend, pose as their ally, and report everything you see back to me. I can do this. But, if I may, is there any word on my brother? Roll me a persuasion check. Fifteen. Fifteen? That's pretty good. He looks at you, and he says, You may not. (laughs) (laughs) And he turns to you, grabbing onto Unit 867, and he says, Dismissed. I would pull up a salute with my right hand, and then bring it back down, and just nod. Understood, sir. Unit 867 kind of tries to break free from Frintner's grasp, and he just says, No, I am, no, I am, no. And he just starts moving forward, and Vintner just, like, pulls him back over and over again. I would, uh, I'd pat him on the head, and, uh, say... Thank you for your service, Worldwalker. Thank you for your friendship. Um, Vintner, a- after hearing that, he just goes... <clears throat> and then am I just to leave? He dismissed you. I'd, uh... open the door and, uh, look back and then turn, and then just close the door. And then am I in the, uh... You're back in that large room. Okay. Um, is that girl standing right there? She's like, like, as you open the door, she turns back to you, and her eyes are just wide. Again, sitting at that ledger, she wrote something down in it, and she looks like she was holding this pencil, and as she did, she turned to you as you close the door, and just, the pencil snaps from her, like, carelessly trying to write something very nervously in the ledger. What is your name? Um, Karina. Karina. Is there a training room at this facility? Uh, there is. Yeah, right over there. And she points to one of the opposite doors, uh, diagonal from where Vintner walked in. May I use that? You may. Yes. Thank you. Of course. And then I'd go in there. Or I'd go to that room. As you open the door um, inside, it's the same structure, um, but there are a lot of kind of like wooden dummies and things like that in here. Some of them have kind of like rotational um, axes where you can like strike on one side and it'll rotate around. Um, And other ones are, uh, there's like a longer kind of like short bow training range, um, but there's not really enough for long bows Mm -hmm. in here. Um, However, there is some kind of like hay uh, sword striking targets as well. Sure. Um, I would just go up to one of the wooden dummies to practice unarmed fighting on, mm-hmm. and I'd just start running through forms and just start, they'd start speeding up mm-hmm. and getting progressively sloppier as I'm just like running through, trying to like pick up the pieces of like finding my brother and just being met with this resistance from Vintner. Yeah. And just, it's not getting anywhere, and I keep trying to 
give him things and it's just never enough and so it just gets progressively sloppier and I'm putting more into it and I I feel like I'm starting to break apart the dummy Mm -hmm. and then I just at this point like splinters are flying everywhere there are like the actuators in your fingers some of them have like pieces of wood lodged in them and you almost like it's you want to express this anger and Mm. as you start to try and recollapse your hand and these pieces of wood are getting lodged in this form you have to grab them and yank them out before you can even form a fist to punch back into this dummy again it's infuriating yeah I uh I feel like the feeling of being out of breath would overtake him and you'd see like if anybody walked into that moment you'd see him just like heaving but there's no breath yeah um and then I'd uh take a moment push all the pieces of the dummy back together and then walk out and then as I'm picking pieces of wood out of my hands just nod at the, the woman thank you for that as you look towards her it looks like she had just operated the um the teleportation circle um and she looks at you and she says um did you And she just points at a box on the ground. And, like, she kind of mumbles a little bit, and then she points at this box. And you you look over to the box, and Mm -hmm. it's like this large wooden crate. And she just said, um, he thought... He ran some tests, and... He? Yeah. Um, he didn't think he'd be able to repair him. Thank you. And then I'd walk over and grab the box. And then uh, I'd nod to her. And then I'd open the box. Inside, you see um, hay and padding uh, and many of the different uh, collapsed and removed pieces of Unit 867 stacked in this box. I'd just close it and... uh, I, um, I, I won't, I'm supposed to discard it. If you, you can, I mean, you can take it if you want. I would. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much. Um, you're, that guy's terrifying. He is. He can be. A lot of the time. I don't know in what instances you've seen him be not terrifying, but wow, that has... I've seen him here like three times, and every time it sucks. <laughs> like, I have it written down in my ledger, and I write little notes to myself, and the first one ever was, like, probably the worst experience I've ever had on the job, and I love this job. There are beasts scarier than him, but he is intimidating for sure. Um, well, if you could give me a little warning next time, maybe a day or a week of advance, so I could mentally prepare, that'd be great. Understood. Obviously kidding, but like, I don't know, I'm not very good with jokes. Okay, um, you can take the box. I'd, uh, is there anybody else in here? No, it's just Karina. Okay. I'd, uh, jokingly, um, like, salute her with my right yeah. hand. Just, like, um, keep it she, up. She salutes you with her right hand. And she she says, oh, you don't, you're, oh. It's fine. I understand. Okay. Oh. <laughs> and, and she kind of, like, looks. She's like, wait, am I supposed to be saluting you with left or right? Or I can't, I don't know. <laughs> and then she realizes that you were joking about it. And then she just goes, I'm so sorry. Uh. Okay, well, I hope the rest of your day isn't nearly as scary. And I don't think yours will be either. And then I grab the box, and then I proceed outside. Very well. 
That's what you do. My boy! <laughs> Look how they massacred my boy! <laughs> they massacred our boy. Uh. <laughs> that might have been loud. Sorry, guys. All right. So, with that, um, you step outside, uh, Shadow, and you mm-hmm. are carrying this box, this this wooden box. And as you do so, you see your two friends walking towards you. Um, Shadow. Well, hi. Why is eight six seven? Um, he's in. Uh, let we'll talk about it here in a minute. Oh. Are they repairing him? You could say that. Oh. How, how'd it go with the um, supervisor? Um, it could have gone better, um, oh. but it definitely could have gone worse. There's some information that I was needing, but didn't quite get. Hmm. Um, well, we were going to go and get the, her some new shoes, because she does not have any. Perfect. Um, yeah. And, uh, well, there's some information we can discuss along the way. We're uh, going to fight people for money. Yeah. Oh. That's, uh, that's part of it. Interesting. Um, okay. Do you remember, uh, this is silly. Do you remember, uh, Blue Hair Bautelier guy we fought? Yes. Yeah. Uh, so Orion, uh, was the one who sent him. Was he the one also with blue hair? Yes. Yep. I had a suspicion that they uh-huh. might be in. Leagues with each other. Uh, it was a test. He uh, wanted us to eliminate him. Interesting. I yeah. know, that's what I said. Uh-huh. Very odd. But apparently there's some big 250th anniversary fight in the Coliseum. Oh. Uh, he needs a team. Uh, the winner gets a uh, big bag of gold. I believe he didn't really specify quantity. I'm imagining it may be bigger than it is. But... Yes. Do you want to do this? Well, he said you also get a house, right? Oh, yes. And then I get the house back in Ebonvale. Free house. Free house. Free room. Not so much free board. Probably still have to pay for food. And this is something you you both want? Uh, Well. Money, yes. House in Ebonvale? Meh. I don't really plan to return to Ebonvale, but, you know, if we ever find our way there, there's... It'd be nice to have a place to stay that isn't my... Old home. If you say yes, I say yes. You'd see his ears twitch for a second. Look down at the box. Yes. Then yes. Sweet. Um, we're to meet Orion uh, in front of the Coliseum here in about three hours. We can maybe buy some stuff. We got a little bit of money. My goodness, today then. Oh. Yeah, it's going to be a be a busy one. Yes. But also shoes. Oh, yes. Oh and that lady over there looks really pretty. It feels so nice to be in civilization again. LAS Podcast Network is an independent network of local creators based in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. For more, visit LASPodcastNetwork.com. LAS.